0: It's been about 11 months why the Lord keeps letting a mangy old broken down three-legged sheepdog keep doing this. I have no idea, but I praise him for it. The pastor knows I'm telling the truth. Anyways, I look out here again after doing how many of these revivals, and I see the same faces, thank God, I just want to let you know that the people I'm looking at right now is 95% of the foundation of this church that God put here. And I know I'm going to see these same faces standing when the chips fall. I also want to thank you guys and tell you I love you for that. About two, two and a half years ago, there was a, a former member here who had started... A Bible study in the city of Oswego, and he started in the East Side Park in Oswego. And I told them I would come, Larry, Patty, their kids. We told them we would come and and support them. And uh, I missed the first week; I didn't get to be there the first week. But second week, um, I was able to make it. And he said he had a few there. He had put up posters in, in uh, around town. And he had a few there, he said. And there was this one lady, one young lady that was there. And she had come back the second week. She had a very eccentric name, Lissette or Lissette, something like that. Anyway, it was, it was an eccentric name. And she was there the second week. And I'd asked this person who she saved. And he said, uh, I'm easing into that. In my mind, I'm thinking, why are we putting the cart before the horse? Okay? I understand the premise of the Bible study, get people to come out. It was a great idea. But what if she didn't have the third week? So after the Bible study, I got to talk to her. And about after 45 minutes, she was praying with his wife. To receive Christ as her Savior. Now, she said she couldn't be there the next week. Here I am, cloud nine. It's great. I'm feeling great. I'm praising God, and I can't wait for the next week. And she said she'd be out of town. So I'm like, okay. So we show up next week, and nobody would come. So there we are, and we had a little Bible study and a little discussion ourselves. And just as we're packing up, we're getting ready to leave, I see these three teenagers come over and sit on the bench right next to us. So I kind of gave Larry a look and I said, Easy pickings again. This is going to be great. So I pop out some tracks and I walk up to them and I give each one a track and I introduce myself. And just like clockwork, they lit me up like a Christmas tree. They started laughing. And mocking me every liberal talking point about evolution they knew so I knew they had got it from some sort of indoctrination whether it was at home or at school but they knew it all now I I probably overstayed my welcome there but the reason why I did it is because the young lady with them I could see she was reading the track and she stopped me and she said You'll never convert me. And I said, sweetie, why do you say that? And she said, because I'm hanging out with these guys. She knew. But what I didn't know was there was a fourth on a bike sitting nearby who had called their father and told them there was a guy down there talking about weird stuff. So it wasn't probably 10 minutes into the conversation, I see this guy beelining right across from the street, right for me. And he comes around, and he gets right here. I can feel his breath. So I did what any man would do. I ignored him. And I continued to talk to him for 30 more seconds. Why? Because I wanted to see if he was a pit bull or a chihuahua. You got to feel him out. He said nothing. He listened to me. And then I said, can I help you, sir? He started mocking me. And I told him what I was doing, and he goes, yeah, I know what those are. Are those the same ones from 1970? And he asked me, why are you here stalking children? And immediately the flesh started kicking in, and I'm like, are you crazy? We're in an open park and this, that, and the other thing. And I heard the Lord say, you're here to be a witness and a testimony unto me. And I said, Okay. He says, I'm a member of a church. I, I attend church every week. And what you're saying is weirding out my son. I said, sir, if you're a member of a church and you attend every week, what I'm saying should not be weird to your son. And the last thing he said to me, because this was during the start of the COVID thing, he says, if I could shake your hand, I would. And we left it at that. So the, the point of that story is, the gospel, did it do its job both times it was given? It won the first time. Did it win the second time? I would say it did. So tonight I want to talk about a little bit about the triumph of the gospel. The triumph of the gospel. I got my brand new spectacles here. I don't know what time. What time did I start? I'm not a clock watcher. Seven sixteen. All right, with five minutes left, chuck that at me so I know I got five minutes. Seven sixteen. I'm behind already. It's just Larry, but it's okay. First Corinthians two, please. First Corinthians two. We'll start in verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for they had known it. They would not have crucified the Lord in glory. I want to stop right there for a second. If they would have known if they would have had the wisdom to know what they were doing and what was going to happen, they wouldn't have crucified them. Now look down in verse 10. But God had revealed them to us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man, which is in him, Even so that man, even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So verse 10 tells us that God has revealed those things to us by His Spirit. What I was trying to do that day was allow them the right to the same Spirit without the spirit nothing's revealed they need it the spirit will reveal the truth what were they missing they were missing the truth John 1613 howbeit when the spirit of truth has come he will guide you in all truth you know who's guiding those young ones today maybe 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 she got it I'm, I'm praying they all got it but the God of this world. They're still living in darkness. 1 Corinthians 2.2 2, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now what Paul was telling the Corinthians there when he, when he was going there, he said, listen, we can talk about the, these doctrinal issues, we can talk about those doctrinal issues, I don't care. I'm here to talk about Christ and Him crucified. The gospel is a necessity. When you talk about Christ and Him crucified, what you're doing is you're trying to give them that spirit. The spirit of revelation. They won't get it till they get it. So what is the gospel? We, all, we, we know what it is. It's the good news. The problem is, is you can't have good news without bad news. Anyone got an opinion? We don't, I don't know about opinions. I know I probably shouldn't use that word. But Genesis 3.15, right? To me, that's the first good news. There's one coming that's going gonna to crush your head and you're going to bruise his heel. Adam and Eve had no idea. They didn't know what good was until they partook of the fruit, right? They just knew they were in trouble. When he's telling the serpent, you know, you're going to slither on your belly for the rest of your days, they had no idea if that that was good news or not. They knew it was bad news for him. But to us, by the Spirit, have the revelation, we know it's good news for us. If you could turn to 1 Corinthians 15, a familiar passage to everybody. And that is not 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He rose again the first day according to the Scriptures. Verse 3. What's the emphasis in verse 3? Here's Paul coming to the Corinthians and he's talking about the coming of the Lord and the resurrection. And he says, first of all, Christ died for your sins. That was the very first thing. He didn't put the cart before the horse. He explained what it was. He gave evidence, he says, the hope, Christ, and resurrection. He was telling them of a world beyond death. The ultimate te- testimony of God's love is the gospel. It's the very epitome of God's love. Does, God, can, does love stand alone? I used to think it did. Love can defend itself. But does love have a foundation? Can anything bring love down? The very reason why we're all here. The very reason why America's here. It's the very reason why more blood's been shed on on this planet. Freedom. There is no love without freedom. God's very purpose from the beginning was to make us free to first love Him and love your neighbor as yourself. That can only happen with the gospel. The message of the gospel delivers from darkness. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. The same thing I was trying to do was to, tr- to get those people saved from the power of darkness. I was trying to lead them to the light. When the truth is gone... You ain't got to turn there, but I'm going to. I wasn't going to use it, but I'm going to. And if I be lifted up, there's the gospel, from the earth will draw all men unto me. Then he said, signifying what death he should die. That the people answered him, We have heard out of the law, that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son from man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have light, lest darkness come upon you. He that walketh in darkness, knoweth not whether he goeth. While ye have the light, believe in the light, that ye may the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed. And hid from them a while. There he was. He put the gospel first. If I be lifted up. Then you'll have the light. If you have the light. Walk in the light. lest darkness come upon you. That's Christianity to a T today. It has gone in so many different directions. Because it's stumbling around in darkness. And a lot of them, because they never had the light to begin with. One, when Pastor, a couple weeks ago, when Pastor Kenny was talking about the Asbury denial, he was talking about what was going on there. And I had to look more into it. And when I saw these, these couple churches went down there and did some investigating, some of them had cameras, I found out what they were doing is taking them inside Pumping them full of music, building up their emotions, breaking them down at the altar, and then they had a, a group outside the front side of the campus. They were taking—I oh, can't remember the Second Corinthians. Um, have you received the Spirit since you believed? Taking that completely out of context, having them raise their hands, laying their hands on them. Blah, 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 later giving them a spirit baptism out back. They were dunking them and sending them home, telling them they were saved. Growing faster than ever. Today, before I got here, I never watched the news. I just happened to click by it. Is today Ramadan or something? I don't know. Anyways, they were talking about it on the news. With big smiles, American newscasters say, the fastest growing religion in America is Islam. Actually, I think they said the world is what I should say. Is Islam. Why is that? we got to remember that the work of the gospel is expanding. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 5 For though I be absent in the flesh yet I am with you in the spirit joying beholding your order and steadfastness, your faith in Christ as ye have therefore received Christ, you so walk ye with him. and I might down, put down the wrong reference there. Mm-mm, did I? I did put down the wrong reference there, I'm sorry. Two, two, verse six, thank you. Spectacles, come on. Sorry about that. come on. Everyone. For we hope is laid up with you in heaven, whereof ye have heard of before the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come to you as in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. I, I thank God that this, this church is a missions given church. I always wondered where missionaries came from, how they got there, how they could afford to stay. I had no, 30 years in Catholicism. I had no idea. I had no clue. And then after becoming a deacon, see how it works behind the scenes. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. It, it, it amazes me. And to have the missionaries come in and see the videos and the testimonies. It inspires to see what we're doing locally, though. Not so much. I see. I see our local towns actually degrading at a rapid rate. How's the gospel expanding? Its its author is preeminent and omnipresent. If, if you look at Colossians one, verse fifteen. For who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him we all we all things created there in heaven and there in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. These things were created for him and by him. For he is before all things and by him all things consist. Again, we, we think that America is number one on God's list pastor reminds us all the time, it's Israel. And it's because of the missionaries, they remind me of the work that God's doing over there. Building radio stations, building churches, planting them, bringing up pastors. I think the gospel means more over the, over in some of them countries now than it does here. Absolutely, without a doubt. Again, and again, look at uh, verse 9 in chapter 1. Got to speed it up here. Hey, I'm watching the clock. For in him dwelleth all the fruitfulness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is in the head of all principality and power, in whom ye also have circumcised and and the circumcision made without hands and putting off of the body in the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. The followers of the gospel are maturing. Paul saw the gospel expanding, and here he says he prayed. He prayed for the Colossians, that they would mature in might, power, patience, long-suffering, joy. These are some of the words he used. Fruits of the Spirit put in action. It's evidence of maturity. How did they do it? By believing the gospel, how did they get it? It was preached. The gospel. The gospel is energizing. Look at uh, chapter one, Colossians one, uh, verse twenty-four. Knowing that ye of the Lord ye shall receive the reward and the inheritance for ye serve the Lord in Christ. If serving the Lord doesn't uh, I don't know what will. But he that doeth wrong shall receive the wrong, but he that hath done, there is no respect of persons. Did I read the wrong one? I am... My goodness. What am I doing? 24. Yeah, I'm going to skip, just for time's sake. 24... "...whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, much working in me mightily." Look right above it in verse 27. "...to whom God would make known what his riches were of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." What's more energizing than telling somebody about the hope that's in you? It's Christ in you. It was just a few weeks ago I was at my coworker's house. He came here with his daughter. I was at his house the, the next weekend on the Saturday for somewhere between an hour and a half and two hours talking to his wife. And I took her through the gospel from the beginning to the end, answering some of her questions. And I could see the light bulb flickering. And I wanted to come on. The next night, he texts me and says, Becca's reading the Bible. My first thought was, amen, what about you? But we haven't had that conversation yet. But it's energizing. When we're led by the Spirit, when that Spirit's in us, and we're preaching the Gospel, you can sit. In my wife's boss's driveway for two hours without a Bible, give her scripture and, and just watch the tears fall because she's getting it. That's the power of the gospel. That's where the energy comes from. The gospel is transforming. and I, I, I want to take you to the, to the story of Daniel, only we've got like six minutes left. Everybody who knows Daniel, And Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah. I don't want to get on his bad side. But Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar took them, took Daniel, changed his name to Belshazzar, changed Mishael to Meshach, Hananiah to Shadrach, and Azariah to Abednego. For what purpose? To assimilate them into the Babylonian society. Daniel's God-given name is God is my judge. Mishael is who is like God. Hananiah is Yah or Yahweh protects. And Azariah was helped by God. Nebuchadnezzar changed Daniel to Belshazzar. Baal, protect my king. Mishael to Meshach, who is what Ako is, a Babylonian moon god. Hananiah to Shadrach command of Aku, another moon god, the same moon god actually, and Azariah to Abednego, servant of Nebo, god of wisdom. Now just previous to that, go ahead, you can whip it. Just a bit high. But anyway, just before that, Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember, when he was praising Daniel after he interpreted the dream, and he says, "Your God is God of gods," and some twenty years later, he's telling uh, he's telling Daniel, in uh, what was it? uh, Yeah, he was telling them, "Hey, you gotta uh, bow down to this image now," and they refused. So the ones ones he was praising, he liked the power of God. He wanted the power of God, but he wanted to serve his gods, do what they wanted in their society. I'll take his power, but I won't take him. So what did they do? They refused. The refusals in chapter 3. Chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar... By his pride gets his kingdom taken away. But if we go back and look at Daniel's name, God is my judge, and we find out what happened to Daniel later in the lion's den, we find out that Daniel, God is my judge, was found not guilty in the lion's den. Mishael, who was like God in the fiery furnace, in Daniel 3.29 Uh, Nebuchadnezzar sees four men with one in the likeness of the Son of God who was like God. Hananiah, Yahweh protects, was protected by God in the fire and Azariah, helped by God, was helped by God when they got promoted when they survived the fire. You can try to take us out of God but you can't take God out of us it's not going to happen that's the power of the gospel the gospel is the epitome of God's love it's the foundation of God's love we went over this with the freedom the very thing everybody's fighting for people get rowdy the most when they think they're going to lose their freedom except that we want our freedom to consume it on our own lust. Luke 249, what must we do? Jesus says, I must be about my Father's business. In John 17.4, he says, I have finished the work you gave me. He didn't say he finished all the work. The work you gave me. If you turn to Colossians Chapter 4, and I'm going to be in the right chapter, right verse, and we'll think about it. Verse 16, and when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. What's uh, Paul telling Archippus here? You've been given stuff to do, make sure you fulfill it. Now, look in verse 16. Where did he say it must be read? In Laodicea. Any coincidence there? So how does the gospel win? The gospel wins simply by doing the will of God when we're told to give it. We weren't told to argue anybody in the heaven. We were told to give it. And the last thing, if we're going to have victory this year, if we're going to see souls saved, if we're going to see people transformed from darkness, if we're going to see followers of the gospel, we can't put the cart before the horse. The gospel has to come first. If you're in this church and you're looking for ministry, if you're in ministry... If you're serving at a high capacity even, but you're not preaching the gospel, you're not in the will of God. And the cart is before the horse. The gospel's going to win. Not us. bastard.